Welcome to the Potential for What podcast. On this podcast, we explore how a range of business leaders unlock the potential in people. We'll hear how they've done it, find out what has worked, what hasn't, and why this is so important in getting and keeping great people. Most businesses focus on the here and now. That is all about performance. But at Let's Talk Talent, we like to think differently as we fundamentally believe everyone has potential. The question is for what? So let's explore that together. I'm your host, Joe Taylor, Managing Director of Let's Talk Talent, a talent management and organizational development consultancy based in London, the UK. I have a request. If you value this show, if you enjoy these stories or find this wisdom or inspiration useful, please subscribe to the Potential for What podcast to listen to future episodes. Hello, and a sunshine welcome to the Let's Talk Talent podcast, Potential for What? And also to our lovely listeners and also to our awesome guest today, Max Dickens. Hello, thanks for having me. (laughs) Great to have you here, Max. Now, I loved seeing the interview that you did with Tara Banks talking about limitless potential, which is something that you do in your business, Hoopla Improv. And actually, that's how I met you nearly a decade ago now. And since then, it's been brilliant to see your potential skyrocket over those years. Not only are you the founder of Hoopla Improv, you're also the author of two brilliant books, some of my all-time favourites, Improvise, which is packed full of insights on improv and how to get the best out of yourself, your teams and your organisation. And your most recent book, Billy No Mates, which is all about men and friendships. And not only that, throughout your career, you've been a professional radio presenter, stand-up comedian, actor, presenter and playwright. And it's with this broad experience that actually I couldn't be more excited to get to speak to you today about potential and really to discover how this plays out in the work that you do and also in your philosophy for helping people and businesses to achieve extraordinary results. And before we kick off, for those of you who might not know me, I'm Claire Corazan and there's nothing that I love more than unlocking potential too in teams, businesses and people. And so I'm super excited to be able to explore this topic with Max for our listeners today. So welcome, Max. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much. I might um, get that on a loop and just play it to myself when I fall asleep at night. Just, you know, (laughs) zhuzh me up. Fantastic. So I'd love to kick off by asking you, how would you define potential? So potential, I think, is latent talent, ideas and energy. And I think about potential in sort of four quadrants, which we might have time to explore. Potential of the moment you're in potential of yourself of other people and of the team now from my background in improvisation running Mm. a school a theater I think there's lots of latent potential in each of those parts of the quadrant that that we try and unlock in our sessions and 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 I think it's hopefully a useful frame to explore this idea of potential that's fantastic I love looking at it from those four dimensions And also, when you're working with teams and organisations around unlocking a latent talent, how do you actually go about spotting potential in in those different dimensions? 
A big part of it, I think, is having people notice when they're doing things that are good and when they're doing things in their own voice. And maybe it's quite an artsy way of thinking about it, voice. Mm. But I think we know when someone sounds like themselves and when they are sound like themselves at their best. Often it's easier to see that as an observer, as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. than it is to be in it yourself I'm certainly true certainly true of me it's always been very helpful to have whether it be a direct a colleague or whoever to point out something to me yeah identifying talent is often about swapping contexts so someone who's not doing so well in one context shift them into another one or a different role mm. they end up doing brilliantly well yeah that's something we often have to do at hoopla's hoopla's not a big organization right mm-hmm. but so we have to shop areas of the talent market yeah where not a lot of people shop <laughs> and so what we try and do is to say you know no one is looking at you for a role like this because maybe they're slightly terrified of the freedom that they're going to have to give you but also maybe your talent that whispers, not shouts, right? So often we'll have people who amaze us in how they develop, but it's because we've put them into a context which maybe other people wouldn't give them. Yeah, and that is a lovely answer to the question around potential for what, because you're not necessarily starting from that frame, are you, that reference point. You are creating an environment that explores, and I guess in the way of improv, that helps you to tap into those different parts of you and bring those things out in a really interesting and dynamic way yeah I mean we have a very simple idea when we're talking about stage improv so if you listen to this Mm. and don't know much about improv you might have heard of whose lines it anyway tv show you might have seen a show in a in a comedy club seen it on tv perhaps somewhere at the Edinburgh Festival but in our shows we talk about heads hearts and pirates right (laughs) so for a show to work well for a troupe, a group of people performing together to have an effective performance, yeah. you've got to have a bit of head. So someone who's super good at link- linking it all logically. Mm. You've got to have some art, someone who's maybe yeah. finding the nub of the story. And you've got to have a pirate, someone who jumps in and just does slightly mad stuff to keep everything with a bit of edge. Now, yeah. there'll be some people who you watch improvise and you go, wow, they're great pirates, but they haven't got the head and the heart bit. So they mm. need the other people. Yeah. So we think a lot of it about strengths and about combinations. Yeah. Because if it was just a load of pirates, it would be a bad show. If it was just a load of heads, bad show, load of hearts. Yeah. Yeah. And what a great platform to be able to actually give it language and articulate it in that way in terms of those characters or the head, the heart, the pirates, so that people can identify with those things. Mm. And I also think what's really interesting about that is how that then plays out in the team dynamics. And you must be able to, in the work that you do, Max, be able to spot immediately or begin to start to see who the, where those characters are playing out and, and what the mix is within team dynamics. Yeah, absolutely. So that's probably one of the parts of the quadrant potential that we maybe talk about is of the team. Yeah. So we talk a lot in improv about group mind. Mm-hmm. So group mind is essentially when you've got a group of people together on the stage, when they're working well together, they can create things yeah. that would be impossible for the individuals to come up with alone. And we don't mm. just mean the kind of cliche teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. What I mean is, is that it's it's qualitatively different. Things emerge that would have been impossible without the disparate elements coming together. Mm. And it's amazing how complexity emerges without any direction because there's no plan. There's no script, obviously. So how does this stuff emerge? 
kind of in in the science world they talk about emergence mm-hmm. right which is complex things happen without seemingly any organization to it so if you watch uh, a flock of starlings in their sort of murmurations doing these amazing swarms i mean they're not talking about it before getting around a blackboard and going lads how are we going to do it it just happened yeah but what they're doing is they're abiding by some simple rules same on stage we talk about very simple principles in improv yeah listen with a willingness to be changed accept and build off contributions treat mistakes as gifts three simple rules perhaps Mm. if everyone in the group abides by it then you find that the output of the group can be unbelievably complex and interesting but it's because we're abiding by these things and we talk a lot about in in terms of the group dynamic and bringing potential together in a team that we're not trying to do it all ourselves. So yeah, the gurus of improv is a guy called Del Close from Chicago. He's passed away now, but he's kind of a legend. And he said, your job is not to bring a cathedral, it's to bring a brick. So brick by brick together, we'll build the cathedral. Yeah. So we talk yeah. a lot about, you don't have to solve the problem. You just have to bring a little bit of the solution. Yeah, love that. And also just looking at that, that framework around those simple rules, but also thinking about, whether that happens naturally, more naturally when you're in person. Mm. And if you can, I'm using your yes and, and if it's possible to also recreate the same in a hybrid working environment, do you find that within that dynamic, just sort of hearing you talk, Max, it kind of got me thinking about, I'd love to be able to create an environment where you can bring all of these things in and really help to unlock potential. Is it more effective to do it in person? Can you still get that same level of potential unlocked when you're doing it virtually? I think it depends on the sort of problems you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to solve a creative problem, it's better to be face-to-face. There's quite a lot of research around that now. Mm-hmm. But in terms of establishing relationships, a lot of these basic things abide whether you're online or, or face-to-face. Yeah, Often we are throwing some of these basic parts of our human skill set out the window because we do engage with people through screens differently and not yeah. in, in in the best way that we could. It's it's bizarre. We kind of dehumanize people, even when we know them. We just behave worse often. It can be challenging, but it also can be liberating as well. Because, you know, by nature of the screen, you've got a much more equal footing in terms of the, you know, the rectangular square that people are engaging through means that actually it can be a level playing field, even though there are different levels of seniority. And I can imagine that that's also quite interesting when you think about potential, because it, you know, it gives a it gives a level playing field around all of those things. I wanted to just flip this on its head and think about what gets in the way of potential. And how is improv a way of really helping people to connect with their truth, you know, to trust themselves, to tap into that creative, fluid part of themselves where they can show up in a way that does help them unlock their potential? It's a a really good, rich question. I think the first thing to do is to reframe your attitude to the moment. We really bias, I think, towards plans and preparation. Yeah, we're missing there is actually honoring a lot of potential in the moment. Now, what does this actually look like in real life? Mm. If you're having a conversation, whatever context, take a sales conversation, or even you're talking to a direct someone you manage, and it's trying to establish relationship, there's so much happening in the moment, which is so offers you so many gifts for connection, Mm. or the flip side of it, 
rocks in the road to block it, that if you're obsessed with the message you've come in with or how you're expecting it to happen, there's so much you're not going to capitalize on. Mm. So I think changing how you see the moment as rather than it just being full of unexpected things, it's going to be really difficult. What's going to happen? It's much more, why don't I frame this differently, which is the moment is going to give me so many opportunities and I'm excited by that. This is one of the biggest things about yeah. an improv skill set or, or doing some classes is you you realize you've got everything you need already if you honor what's in that moment and you actually notice it. Yeah. But to notice it, you have to break out of habit, break out of your head. But then how do we get that trust? Because so much of it is, I think, being able to perform to your highest intelligence in that moment rather than way below it, which is what we can do if we clam up. So trust comes from experience, I think. But experience being in that moment and trusting that you'll find something and you can get it through improv, you can get it just through practice in real life. Just sit in the moment yeah. and, and let yourself take that risk and you'll realise nine times out of ten you'll find something really valuable. But one idea we have in improv is that be obvious. Now that might sound like a bit of a surrender, be obvious. But what we mean by obvious is what's your honest reaction to a situation? And often there's a real gift in that. So what what might obvious be? So it might be an obvious thing that you immediately associate with the thing that's been said or that's happened. It might be your emotional reaction, which you just confess. It might be an idea that you associate to what's happened and then you say it. But then suddenly there's not a lot of pressure on you. You're not trying to say something perfect and brilliant. Just trust your obvious. And then from there, mm-hmm. from the being acutely aware of the feedback, yep. you can find a way through it so so much of it is about presence yeah changing your attitude to the moment and and letting yourself be obvious thanks max i really i really that's a really interesting way of exploring all of that so i coach a lot of clients who often will be of the think to talk way of processing information rather than the talk to think where you're processing your thoughts as you're talking and often that can be much easier for somebody to use more improvisation in terms of just feeling comfortable with showing up in that way but those people who are more of the think to talk which often tend to be clients who I'm speaking to get worried or anxious about you know just putting themselves out there if they haven't really formulated their thoughts and ideas before they speak so I really like this idea of trusting the obvious. I think it's all right for communication and for creativity to be messy and if we think they should be linear and a straight line and there shouldn't be any waste or any mistakes then that really blocks us off and we become Mm. disconnected from that potential within us I think so often what the work we do is trying to take people out of environments where logic has become entirely dominant emotional impulse has become deadened by habit and often some fairly anodyne cultures and trying to Mm. bring back to that sense of themselves so they can actually even be connected or listen to it and you just see the juice come into them and just something in their eyes changes there's an amazing word I've read the other day called duende which is Spanish you see duende in flamenco dancers where something almost comes from their core the, the pit of their stomach when they connect to this thing 
and it's mm. like oh, like that duende that we all have somewhere yeah can we reconnect back to that that's not too fluffy way of putting it but i've used the word duende now <laughs> fantastic um, and as you were saying that max what was coming to me was just this feeling of liberation and actually how freeing that is for the mindset in terms of the thought processes and the contribution and the value that one is able to bring and ultimately unlocking that potential. And so in, in creating that sort of liberation, moving people from being in that beta brainwave, that doing, doing, do, 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 you know, always onto the next thing, onto the next thing, and helping them to tap into a more alpha you know, slightly slower brainwave that enables their creativity and the joining of the dots and all of those lovely things actually mean that we can tap into that executive functioning part of our brain and really contribute in meaningful ways that help us unlock our potential. Mm. So what do you know now about potential after over a decade of working in this space that you didn't know before, Max? That naivety is a really valuable thing to have because naive people don't know what they should do or what they can do. They just go and try it. Mm. And when you're younger, generally you bring a sense of naivety. Another thing I read the other day, Martin Amis, the, the novelist says you get a destination mood as an adult if you're not careful. You know, you meet these people and they're permanently on some sort of <laughs> vibe is permanently I don't know, cynical or whatever. Mm. I think that comes to an extent with age naturally. But for me, what I've learned is the times that I felt I've realised my potential and that I'm proudest of are the times I have been a bit naive and gone, yeah, why not? I can do this. And that's something I try and try to reconnect to and remember to keep taking risks and, and to try stuff that seems like, well, why should you do that? Like, why would you ever be able to do that? Well, because why not? Yeah, and that really speaks to encouraging that beginner's mindset, doesn't it? Where we're actually unlearning those habits, those behaviours, those things that are just automatic autopilot for us on a day-to-day -day basis and actually, you know, looking at it through different eyes. Yeah. I'm sure our listeners will be thinking, how can I find out more about Max? I'd love to know more about the work that you do. Where can listeners find you? Where's the best place? Sure. So the imp the improv book uh, is Improvise, How to Use the Secrets of Improv to Achieve Extraordinary Results at Work. If you want to do a class and you listen to this, hooplaimpro.com or drop me a line on any social media and I'll sort you out with a free drop-in. Just come and have a go at it. And if you like it, do some more. It's one of the best things I've ever done with my life. So you can find me there. My website is maxdickens.com as well. Brilliant. Thank you, Max. Now there's two more questions mm. I would love to ask you as we're coming to the end of our conversation today, which is what's the proudest moment of your career so far? And what's your favourite podcast or book? And you're not allowed to recommend your own book. <laughs> but that you would recommend to others to unlock their potential. <laughs> I know the moments that make me proudest are when I get emails from people or Facebook messages from people I've never met, often in other countries, saying that they've read something I've written and it's made a big big difference to them or you know I've got a book about friendship at the moment and you get messages saying oh I hadn't seen so and so for 15 years I, I read a bit of your book and I text them and now we're having dinner next week and you're like oh 
it's it's often it's weird in the world where it's unbelievably connected now mm -hmm. but sometimes you feel like am i in a complete abyss right <laughs> because you know especially at the moment I do a lot of virtual work and it feels like oh and especially when you write books you're like is anyone even reading this so you get those messages you go like oh it has been really worth it so those are probably the times where i get proudest a book i'd recommend is truth in comedy by that guy, Dal Close, who I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a really slim book, so you don't have to spend ages on it. It's one thing you can dip in and out of. And even if you've got no interest in comedy or no interest in improvisation at all, it is full of these little nuggets of uh, wisdom that are just suddenly, like, like the best metaphors, suddenly go like, oh, yes, I see that every day. But here's one of them, one sentence from it. He says, if we treat each other as if we're geniuses, poets and artists, we have a better chance of becoming that on stage. Now, replace on stage for in life at work. I think that applies everywhere. Are you seeing the people you talk to as the poet, the artist, the genius that they are? Or are we missing that? Because when we assume it's there, it's amazing the potential we'll find. And that's wonderful because that flips potential right around the other side in terms of seeing the best, the potential in others. Fantastic, Max. And what a great way to end today's podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your journey, your nuggets of wisdom and the, the models and the methods and your philosophy around potential. It's been absolutely brilliant to speak to you. Thank you. It's been good to think about the word potential and connecting it to my own work. So it's made me think a lot. So I've appreciated the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Potential for What podcast. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to our new episode all the way to the end. And for that, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. As always, you can head over to letstalktalent.co.uk forward slash podcasts to check out all the links and resources in the show notes and to sign up to our email list.